Thank you for making Locked On Yankees your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. On today's show, Jeff Nelson reacted to Clint Frazier's goodbye to the Yankees. A report came out that the Yankees could possibly be bringing back Carlos Beltran. Buck Showalter interviewed for the vacant Mets managerial job, and a New York radio host got fooled by a fake tweet concerning Marcus Stroman and Clint Frazier. That's all coming up. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm joined by Abby Mastracco, and it is Friday, December 10th. We're only 15 days away from Christmas. Have you started your Christmas shopping? Are you almost done with it? How are you doing with all that stuff? Uh, I was, oh man, no, I haven't started. (laughs) Um, I was in Tampa this week. Um, It was in Yankees land, but uh, not for baseball, for hockey. And then I came back and I had other work to do, other hockey work to do. So like, and looking at my schedule next week, it's it's a lot of hockey games still. And it's just like it creeps up on me every year, man. And like, it's going to be kind of chaotic. I have to go from California where I'm seeing all my family. <laughs> Minnesota for the Winter Classic. And like, that's how do I pack for 65 degree weather and then like five degree weather and include Christmas presents in my suitcase? Like, oh, I haven't even thought about it yet. You just stressed me out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I only asked because, not that I'm completely finished, but I have my mom and my brother mostly done. No, my brother's all done. I got him a bunch of things. He's not going to watch this. Related to the bike, <laughs> to the Peloton. So that'll be good for him. And um, got a couple things for my mom. Need to get a couple more. You know, the one good thing about my brother and I, uh, neither one of us being married and having kids, we don't have nieces and nephews to buy for. So it's just a little group of people that we have to buy for. I don't have to worry about anything. So it's easy for me to do Christmas shopping. Thank goodness. Anyway, um, I hope you're all getting your Christmas shopping done and, you know, not rushing at the last second. I used to have a tradition where I'd wait till Christmas Eve to shop when I was living in the city. I had a place that I'd go to. I had a 99 cent store that I'd get my gift bags and I'd go back to my apartment, put everything in the gift bags and be ready for Christmas because I knew exactly what to get everyone. And I went to a Target. I went to this little boutique next to a Target and a Marshall's up in Marble Hill in the Bronx. (laughs) And I would just do it all on Christmas Eve, get it done because I I just, I can't. Um, But this year I was like, I'm not going anywhere and I have to order online. So just to make sure that things got here, that's how I did it. So let's well, get- I will be in Folsom, California, visiting my parents, my grandpa, my grandmother, my Nana, as, as I call her. She will be there. Uh, my cousins. I don't know if my brother's coming. Um, I don't there's going to be a lot of people. And I do have two little girls. My my best friend growing up, she has two little daughters, Avery and Addison. And um, when I was out of work last summer, I babysat Avery. So I do I do buy Avery little gifts and I like. I kind of just like little when I see things that she likes, which is anything girly right now, it's princess, unicorns, rainbow, sparkle, pink. Right. <laughs> uh, or unicorns, as she calls it. I love it. It's unicorns. Yeah. Um, I will just grab it. Like, so whenever I'm out, when I see something that's rainbow, sparkly, unicorn, I'll grab it. So I do have like 
like looking at my desk right now, I have a bunch of, I have a little pile of things that I've <laughs> just bought for Avery over the last few months. So I guess maybe I don't need to buy her anything else. Yeah. I don't well, know uh, who's going to be there. Everyone who's watching and listening, uh, the Yankees sent out an email earlier for uh, nine games for $90. It's some sort of holiday package that they have. I didn't look at the actual package, but I mean, you know, nine games, $90, that's actually not really bad. Uh, before we get into everything else, you can listen to the show in Apple, Google, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher. You can watch us on YouTube and subscribe. We're four subscribers away from 666. So let's do that this weekend so I can take a screenshot and be proud of that. And if you have a smart device, either in your phone, in your phone, no, in your car or in your house, um, you can tell it to play podcast Locked on Yankees. So the first thing we're discussing, now I know I discussed Clint Frazier on yesterday's show, but more stuff happened last night because Jeff Nelson, former Yankee and current podcast host, decided to jump into the fray and... <laughs> Oh, God. Sure did, Stacey. He sure did. I love when this stuff happens. Okay, so if you did not listen to yesterday's show, Clint Frazier basically tweeted a few things about being happy to be a cub, not having to shave, the cool uniforms, and then some guy quote tweeted him and said, I, I'm so glad that this guy is not a Yankee anymore. And Clint Frazier responded with, so am I, with four rolling laughy emojis. So yes, Clint Frazier is happy to be gone. So after the uniform tweet, Jeff Nelson decided uh, two days later? Yes, because Clint Frazier tweeted this on the 7th and Jeff Nelson woke up last night and decided, hey, I'm going to respond to this. And he, he said to Clint Frazier, here is something for you. You can talk the talk, but you have not walked the walk. Love the confidence, but you have to do something on the field. And then someone else said something, and now I lost the tweet, but Jeff Nelson told that person to screw off because yeah. the person was <laughs> kind of defending Clint Frazier. And I just I saw that. I found that so amusing. And we got tagged in tweets from a listener, did, Ruben. Yeah. Hi, Ruben. Um, <laughs> I'm giving you our thoughts now. Yeah, which... I was going to talk about this anyway, but when I saw him tag us, I thought that was funny. But what do you think about this? Well, look, I see it both ways because uh, now I've, you know, I'm a little bit older than Clint Frazier and I've worked in sports for a little while. And Jeff Nelson came from a different era. Mm -hmm. He came from an era where you you put up or you shut up, but, you know, you let your you let let your play do the talking or you right. let the veterans do the talking. Okay. And there was sort of a chain of command in each clubhouse not to say that that doesn't still exist because leadership is very important and there is still somewhat of like a pecking order in each clubhouse but it's a different era now and this is how guys express themselves like these kids grew up on social media you know Clint Frazier grew up looking like you know posting his every thought probably on Facebook like I know I sometimes I look back on my like early days in Facebook and I cringe and I'm like did every thought really need to get posted to like my, you know, 90 friends from college that I had? Like, why was I, why was I posting about what I ate for breakfast that morning? Or like, you know, that I was, that there was no traffic going to school. Like, I don't know. Like these kids grew up posting their every thoughts, tweeting their every thoughts. This is how they express themselves. And Clint Frazier's really never been afraid to express himself and talk about how he feels, um, whether that is, you know, in person to the media, I've always found him to be very candid. 
Uh, and I know that there, there is sort of a perception that you shouldn't do these things unless you have accomplished something. And, and look, Jeff Nelson came from the dynasty days when there was that was, a, that was a really special clubhouse to play in. There was such a tremendous level of respect, but this is so different now. It, it this is sort of par for the course with a lot of these a lot of these kids. I mean, look at now he's in a clubhouse with Marcus Stroman, who we'll talk about a little bit later. But like, they're not afraid to talk. They're not afraid to express their feelings. And obviously, Frazier had sort of a rough ride in New York. It's not easy to play here, as we've discussed. It's definitely a lot easier in um, Chicago. You know, Javi Baez said nobody ever booed him in Chicago. So uh, it, it, we're all hoping a change of scenery does Clint well. He's healthy. I just think that maybe we're seeing sort of like the generational disconnect. Right, right. And I thought it was funny. I mentioned on yesterday's show that Cece was talking about it. And basically his complaint was that there's too much coverage about Clint Frazier leaving. And... I think if the lockout wasn't happening, it wouldn't be as bad because there's nothing what else, there's nothing else to cover. But when you Google Yankees and you put it in, the first six things you see is about Clint Frazier because there's nothing happening. Yeah, um, that's a good point. It, you know, it's also just he was a he was a top prospect, and they put a lot of resources in, and they invest a lot into top prospects and when they don't pan out there's always something a lot of fans tend to blame the prospect because you know god forbid they blame this like historic organization i guess maybe they blame like mets fans will blame the mets um uh, angel fans definitely blame the angels these days mike trout seems to be sort of like the outlier but um in the with the yankees you know they don't want to say that the baby bombers were what made this team successful a few years well, that's where that was where the renaissance came from a few years ago was player development well you know what though this team has some cracks in their player development foundation because look at andrew Har and, and torres maybe they're not the, the best the best organization at developing talent it didn't work out with clint frazier for several reasons and you know he's moving on and I don't think it would have been as big of a deal if he wasn't such a highly regarded prospect right. these are the guys that are supposed to come through these are the guys that you have so much hope for and when they don't match that promise you you start looking at them and think, thinking why what did you do wrong and maybe it's all about them maybe sometimes it's the organization's fault and the player just maybe the organization missed but maybe sometimes you look at both of their faults I don't know right. it can be it can be it can two things can be true. Clint Frazier didn't work out in New York and he's maybe not the type of player to play in New York and he needs a change of scenery. And the Yankees have had some str struggle to develop talent and Clint Frazier didn't really develop the way he thought as a result of that. I think all those things can be true. Yep. Yeah, I just uh I mean I love <laughs> I love listening to R2C2 just because I'm kind of jealous of the fact that CC can curse every other word. <laughs> Not that I would ever do that on here. Um, and I, I wouldn't do that on a podcast. You know, you don't want someone my age doing that. But it's funny when he does it. So, uh, yeah, he had a lot of F words in there. And he joked about Clint Frazier only playing in 15 games. And I looked it up while I was recording yesterday's show. And he, he played 15 games in 2018, which I thought was kind of funny that I mean, he played in more altogether, but it was just yeah, funny. Yeah. He threw that number out and it was actually true for one season. So I thought, oh, okay, interesting, Cece. <laughs> um, 
other stuff that's happening we'll talk about in a moment. Um, like I said, Buck Showalter interviewing for the Mets job, which is um, interesting because I know Yankee fans were kind of clamoring for him when it was thought that maybe the Yankees were going to get rid of Boone and Carlos Beltran may have a place in the Yankees front office. But first we need to talk about my favorite protein bar. It's time to talk about Built Bar. Um, This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat. It's just high in protein. It's the only thing it's high in. So you get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. Built Bar gives you extra fuel. And because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite Built Bar flavor at family parties. People are so passionate about their favorite flavor, they'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. That's true. If someone tried to swipe one of my mint brownie Built Bars, I might slap their hand. Uh, You want to cozy up with something warm? Here's a holiday secret. Dip your Built Bar into... uh, Oh, yes. A piping hot cup of cocoa. Let it melt a little and give your beverage a bit of that Built Bar flavor. Plus, you'll have a nice melty Built Bar to go with it. Be sure to have a couple of napkins on hand because, yes, that could be kind of messy. If you go to Built.com and use our promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Now, Abby, you and I were discussing Stance Apparel and how good their socks are because your brother and father are into comfy socks. Oh, they love their crazy socks. I mean, they have to be comfortable, obviously, but they love their crazy socks. That's like all my, I I don't think my dad has one pair of solid color socks. He just has crazy socks because he shows real estate. So he has to take his shoes off. And when he sells to families with kids, the kids thought his socks were kind of fun. So that became his thing. And I buy my dad's dance socks every year for Christmas. So that's one thing I can check off the list. Nice. Now, Stance was founded in 2009, and it represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Now, Stance has some really cool collaborations. I mentioned on yesterday's show, they do have a Major League Baseball collaboration. And Jeff Carr, who hosts Locked on Reds, has a pair of Joey Votto socks, which I think is pretty cool. Because, you know, Joey Votto is one of the coolest guys in Major League Baseball. So, yeah, those are cool. And red's my favorite color. So if I can find those socks, I'm buying them. Um, They're soft, they're comfortable, and other people... As Abby said, when you're wearing socks that are kind of crazy and full of colors, other people will like them just as much as you do. (laughs) (laughs) Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who look good, feel good, and do good. So see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first order. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Now, let's talk about Buck Showalter. This is just interesting to me because I just find it funny that there's a subset of Yankee fans who are actually really upset about the fact that Buck Showalter could possibly be Mets manager. And it's really only because some people were hoping Aaron Boone would have gotten the boot or at least, you know, not re-upped. And, you know, he's returning and Buck Showalter may be heading to Queens. I know he got Terry Collins' seal of approval and... um, 
I don't think Buck Showalter would have been right for the Yankees. I don't. Mm -mm. Oh, no. No, no. I agree. I I don't think so either. Um, I think it would be interesting to see Buck with the Mets um, just because he has, aside from the Orioles, but he has that reputation of being the manager who's with a team right before they start winning championships, which is unfair to Buck. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Someone's got to clean up the mess and the Mets are a mess, right? I mean, they usually are a mess. But, you know, I've been in both clubhouses in recent years. Granted, nobody was allowed in in either club, in any clubhouse the last two years. Mm-hmm. But the Mets have an accountability problem. And they've always had an accountability problem. We thought maybe it would get better this year under, you know, with the Wilpons out of there because the Wilpons, they let their stars do whatever they wanted. They let their stars go out and you know, break curfew and stay in cities, even though they didn't have to, or they weren't with the team. Um, They let them get away with a lot if they were stars. And then the minute their stars started struggling, they sort of dumped them. And it was, it just didn't create any sort of uh, accountability. Um, And David Wright was influential in holding that clubhouse together. And David Wright is no longer there. So then we saw things this year, like, Marcus Stroman being Marcus Stroman and wanting very everything very positive, positive coverage, positivity all around him. And, you know, when you're struggling, maybe you're not always so positive. Toxic positivity is a thing, you know. I remember once I lost my job and I had a, my first layoff because there's now been two. Um, and one of my friends, I texted a very close friend of mine and she's like, so sorry to hear about your job, girl, but I'm really trying to keep the vibes good right now. And I was like... <laughs> okay we're not friends anymore um it's los angeles for you sometimes Mm -hmm. um but you know they had the thumbs down it's just the mets have always had such a lack of accountability and buck showalter is known as sort of like a no-nonsense manager and i was reading Britt Giroldi's or Britt Giroldi's story and she worked with Buck for a long time as the beat writer of the Orioles and she said the same thing that he had an air of accountability that's always been Buck Showalter's reputation yeah and the Mets need that more than ever uh and you know the knock on him is that he's sort of been resistant to analytics and the Mets have done a really good job of building out their analytics department so I get the hesitancy and that maybe they wouldn't want to bring in somebody who doesn't quite know analytics the way, isn't like an analytically um, minded manager the way that some of these younger managers might be. But he can have all this information at his disposal and a really good manager is not going to ignore the information given to him. He's going to try and understand how, it, how he can utilize it. And the other thing that jumped out to me you remember when Steve Cohen said, I'm not big on people learning on my dime. Mm. Well, then why are you hiring another first time manager like Louis Rojas, who I get was not hired by Steve Cohen, but you just fired a first time manager. Right. So why are you going to try and bring in another one? Right. The Mets needs, I wrote about this over the summer for Bleacher Report. The Mets need somebody who is not going to, who is going to prevent messes from being made. They need somebody with such a strong like backbone and such a strong presence that the stuff that happened this year, they're not nobody's gonna be able nobody's going to get away with that kind of stuff because it's not gonna happen in the first place. They're going to prevent it from happening. Thumbs down, lying about clubhouse fights. Uh, and you know, you even want to you, you want to go even deeper into the front office. Well, why their GM got a DUI? 
why does this keep happening to the Mets because of the culture? And Steve Cohen learned the hard way. You can't go in and change the culture overnight. So you hire somebody who is known to change the culture. The Yankees don't need the culture changed. What they need right now is one to stay healthy, <laughs> two, some more pitching, um, and three, they need their they need their player development to uh, you know start hitting on some guys here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't need a manager who is they don't need a manager like Buck. And had they let go of Boone, the Mets would have snapped Boone right up. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that Yankee fans, I know that some of them are probably going to tweet at me and be like, he could have gone to Queens. We don't care. I think he would have actually cared if he had gone to Queens. Right. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, the other bit of news, it wasn't really a report. It was more a tweet from Mark Healy about Carlos Beltran and how um, it's possible that the Yankees are considering bringing him back on board in some capacity. Could be front office, could be organizational uh, a coaching position in the organization. Personally, I love the move. I feel like, you know, yes, Carlos Beltran was involved with the stuff with the Astros, but everyone else who was involved with the stuff with the Astros has come back with open arms and hasn't had an issue. And I don't see why he shouldn't come back. And, you know, anyone who talks about Carlos Beltran talks about his baseball mind and how good he is at that sort of stuff. And I think having someone like him on board to help with some of the problems you were talking about in the organization, having him maybe in the lower levels and helping those kids out. I think it would be fantastic. So here's what I know about Carlos Beltran is that he's a really great communicator. Um, I think the one thing that people are going to bring up in opposition to this move is that he sort of, he railroaded people when it came to the sign stealing. Like there was that in um, Manfred's report that was released, you know, Brian McCann asked him to stop and he said no, which then put some of the younger guys in a weird position. Um, I get that. But everybody that I've talked to about Carlos Beltran has said that he is really great at communicating with younger players, especially. And when he was on the Astros that year, I heard from a few people that he was almost sort of like an assistant coach mm-hmm. because he would sit with guys, look at film with them. He's, he communicates, he's a Spanish speaker, which it makes a big difference. It's very influential in a clubhouse um, and in other levels of the organization as well. So if you're trying to like work him into a player development role, yeah, he can go talk to some of these Dominican kids who are just learning Spanish and share his own experiences. And I, I know that he was sort of, he was the one player that was connected to this sign stealing investigation which is maybe why he has not gotten another job again. However, Alex Cora and him were the quote-unquote ringleaders. Mm-hmm. Alex Cora's back in Boston, and it's almost like nothing happened. And A.J. Hinch is in Detroit. And I know that A.J. Hinch, you know, said he maybe destroy- he had destroyed the camera, I believe. I'm trying to remember back to that report. He, um, gosh, it feels like it was five years ago. It was it not really- that long ago. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the, the way the pandemic really screws with our sense of time. Um you know, AJ Hinch maybe didn't have the same, his acts weren't so egregious, I guess right. we could put it that way. Sure. Um, but Alex Cora's managing. Alex Cora's back in the dugout in Boston. Like nothing ever happened. So this is really like a Boston thing. You know, the Boston Bruins are trying to bring back Tuka Rask and David Krejci. And it's like, I, Boston maybe needs to like have a different plan other than like, let's just, you know, keep running back the greatest hits here. Um <laughs> Boston teams, man, you gotta, you gotta go new, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, I, you know, 
I was actually surprised that somebody didn't kick the tires on Jeff Loon out. Maybe a team did, and I just didn't hear about it. Uh, it is hockey season. Um, I'm not an insider. I'm the first person to say I'm not an insider. I do talk to people in baseball front offices, and um, I'm actually having drinks with some this week. But um, I, I thought maybe Luna. I thought Luna would have been a good fit for the Mets, and I thought that like. Maybe they should have hired Jeff Luno and Carlos Beltran. That would have been, been something. Chaos, but like, it's also so Mets to think about something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody had asked me, like, if if this rumor is true, do you think the Yankees are doing it to like keep him away from the Mets, or are the Yankees grabbing scraps from the Mets? And I said, no. You know, the Yankee, the Mets have always sort of operated, at least with the Wilpons. Under the Wilpons, they sort of operated with the mindset of like, well, what what would the Yankees do? How do we get the headlines away from the Yankees? Like, were the Yankees watching us? Like, the Yankees don't operate with little brother in mind at all. No. <laughs> they, they make really their don't. own decisions. Mm-hmm. And if they're thinking of bringing Carlos Beltran back, it's because they see value in him as a staffer, as somebody in some sort of role that he can – he can either fix players and play, or add some sort of value to player development or um, game management. I forget the I, I have that tweet pulled up. I should look. What was in some board? So we don't even know what kind of capacity that they want to bring him in. But if the Yankees are looking to bring in Carlos Beltran, it's because they see everything else that we saw before his name was connected to the science daily scandal. They see that he's a really bright baseball mind. That he's very highly respected. He speaks Spanish and he's a great communicator. And he came up with the idea for the uh, Monument Park guys to have special jackets when they're uh, getting their numbers retired and getting plaques, which I think is the coolest thing. I mean, he wasn't even with the Yankees. Yeah, like it wasn't even with the Yankees that long. And he came up with that idea. And I thought that was so great. Um, I guess maybe we should try and bet and see who hires Carlos Beltran before the other. Because, you know, there are... (laughs) People in the replies thinking that maybe the Mets might swipe him out of the Yankees' hands because of this report. But as you said, you know, the Yankees don't operate with the Mets in mind, but sometimes the Mets operate with the Yankees in mind. So we'll see what happens. But speaking of betting, Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball football nhl boxing and ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts okay this is gonna be my favorite thing of the day (laughs) there is an account New York Porch Sports, which basically, if you look at it from afar, it looks like the New York Post's sports account. Like the logo is similar and people have been fooled by it for months. I actually got fooled by it when oh, it first started. I hate the fake Twitter accounts. Like they're funny, but like, honestly, people do something better with your time. <laughs> Seriously. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, I, I can't stand, um, especially around the trade deadline, you have how many fake Ken Rosenthal's and John Heyman's and all these other things. And then you have 
you know, the real John Heyman getting fooled by a fake Ken Rosenthal <laughs> in it. It's just, it's, it's a mess. But what happened this time is actually pretty funny. Um, <laughs> gosh, Greg Giannotti, is that how you say his name from WFAN? So. He's Geo from Boomer and Geo. Um, he, <laughs> New York Porch Sports <laughs> put up a fake post about Marcus Stroman and Clint Frazier starting a podcast together that would be bashing the Yankees. And he read that post as if it were something that was actually happening. And we spoke about this before we started recording, and we spoke about it when I was mentioning all the Clint Frazier stuff. Everyone is so starved for baseball news that even the most <laughs> ridiculous thing that you can think of is going to get people thinking, what, is that really happening? And... Someone had recorded Geo oh. talking about it on the air. <laughs> and it's just so funny. Like, why would Marcus Stroman and Clint Frazier even do that? They tweet enough. They don't need a podcast. Exactly. They've tweeted I mean, enough about this If they want stuff. to start a podcast, I'm pretty sure that they would talk about other things. I mean, look, Marcus Stroman, he's got the toxic positivity thing going on, but he's actually a pretty interesting guy. He's pretty smart. He went to Duke, you know, like, and he is, he has unique experiences that, none of us can speak to because he is one of few black African-American people in baseball. And, um, you know, I look, we've talked about the Yankees facial hair policy. We've talked about it, it, it doesn't vibe with either of them. Clearly Clint Frazier wants his ginger beard and Marcus Stroman um, wants to express himself. He wears a do rag. That was, I don't know why that was controversial in Arizona. That was, awful race baiting uh, i hated seeing that this year mm -hmm. just set the game back so far when you do that um right. but like i'm pretty sure they would have like other interesting things to talk maybe not cultural but, like so like social things to talk about if mm -hmm. they did start a podcast and they wouldn't have to just bash the yankees plus stroman's a long island guy he doesn't bash new york right like right. it's not yankees related but he started wearing a throwback tom siever jersey one year one time after, after he got traded from the blue jays um Richie came from the Blue Jays to the Mets. Like, he's a New York guy. He's not going to – yeah, he he might throw some – he might take some shots at the Yankees on Twitter, but I'm pretty sure if they had an entire podcast, it wouldn't – they'd run out of material pretty quickly if all right. they're doing is just talking badly about the Yankees. And, like, right. you got to make sure that you're getting your information from the right source. Like, people Photoshop the blue check marks these days. And, like, again, people out there who run fake accounts, I'm begging you. Please do something better with your time. Read a book. Watch a, watch Succession. <laughs> you know, watch Arrested Development. And like, uh, it's a, I, I don't know why people just sit on the internet and make fake accounts. I just don't get it. I'm sorry. It, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes it's funny when stuff like this happens. But like I said, during the trade deadline and when people are fooled by... Um, tweets that say like especially because a lot of those parody tweets will say like the most ridiculous thing like someone said they worded it in a way where it looked different but they said the Yankees signed Brett Gardner to a 45 year you know one million dollar contract <laughs> or something to play for the rest of his life and I saw someone retweet it and I like earnestly and I thought <laughs> what are you doing like that's obviously not a real tweet what's the matter with you um, I mean, that's also on Geo though. He's got to check his facts and he's got to make sure that he's getting his information from the right sources. And like, look, kids, don't believe everything you, you read on the internet. We were talking about Joey Votto earlier. Mm -hmm. Fun fact about Joey Votto. Jay Bruce told me this once and he was like, 
the way he told me, like, just I wish I could like replicate his facial expressions when he told me Joey Votto reads newspapers, actual hard copy newspapers at his locker every day. And Jay Bruce was like, he's the only person I've ever seen do that. And he was just so like in awe of this. And he's like, yeah. And if you ask him, everybody should be doing it. Well, I think everybody should be doing it too. So like check your information, follow us on Twitter, obviously. Right. But like, make sure that you're, you're not following fake accounts on Twitter. Right. Um, you'd mentioned Stroman and his do rags and what uh, was it? Who was it? Who said it? Was it Brenly? Was he the one on the air that said it? I think it might have been. I think so. I, I, you know what? I, I, I should double check that. Don't quote me yeah. on that. Allegedly. Yeah. Um, but my friend Shakia Taylor wrote an article where she broke down Marcus Stroman's appearances by do-rag color and how he did with certain colors. And I thought that was amazing. One, that she even came up with that idea. Two, that 538 published it. And it, you know, took off. People were like, oh my God, this is so cool. And it is a That's really cool, cool yeah. idea. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah, she's quite a few things that she's written, and she—I don't know how she comes up with her stuff either. Yeah, she's ah, uh, she's amazing. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you get a chance to read that, it came out a few months ago. But I thought it was really, really interesting to do that sort of thing, and I love breakdowns like that. That's great. Um, but I just think it's funny, yeah. That, um, but I also feel like a lot of New York hosts. We saw it with Salicata a couple of weeks ago when he was really going off on um, Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> that, like, I get it. A lot of these guys grow up in New York. They get their radio jobs. It's hard for them to separate being a fan and being a radio host sometimes, depending on what happens. And there's that whole Homer angle to it. And it almost feels like these guys are really ready to pounce on these players and believe anything that's said about them, especially if there's some sort of bias against the player or if something happened with the player a couple days before that they're quick to believe this sort of stuff. And you find that with some of the radio people i just don't understand like what are you scared of people making fun of new york like who cares you you love your city i love this city i moved from california and i have no plans on leaving and (laughs) it's a different culture out here with the radio and i think it's a lot of fun i grew up in radio my dad was a radio host for 20 years in northern california obviously it was a lot different than what the radio culture is out here but i find it so fascinating out here but like what are you so scared of do you yeah. like it, it? Does it does it physically hurt you when somebody talks? Ne- people talk negatively about New York all the time when you know, and I, I just let it roll. Well, you know what? The city is not for you, but I like it. I I guess maybe sometimes I get a little territorial when people would talk about when they talk negatively about California because I yeah I'm from there and I get it. They're, this is where they grew up. This is but at the same time like it doesn't really affect me if somebody I don't feel that I. I need to like get super protective over where I grew up I'm happy to point out the the great parts about it you know and I'm happy to point out the great parts about New York and why I like it but I get that it's not for everybody so like who cares honestly like if you're if you're a former player and you want to take shots at New York I get it it's a tough place to play here I haven't written super I haven't written nice about every player that I've covered it's tough yeah. So if you know, I just don't get this. Like, well, you can't talk negatively about our city. Like, it's really a New York thing, though, because New Yorkers think New York is the best place on earth. So I if anyone it. says anything bad about it, it's just like, 
you know, so. <laughs> you know, we talk negatively about the Midwest and the Midwestern people in the Midwest think that they live in the greatest place on earth. And I lived in the Midwest, so I saw it. And I can say that it's not the greatest place on earth. <laughs> I can rule that one. I can rule that region out as being the greatest place on earth. No offense to our Midwestern uh, viewers and listeners, because there are some Yankee fans. I know. I love visiting, It's uh, but um, I prefer, look, I'm a city girl these days. Yeah. I love visiting the Midwest. Got a lot of great friends. You guys are, it's the Midwest hospitality is a thing. It's a very true stereotype. They are absolutely great people who will take you in, give you the shirts off their back. But, um, you know, I just really prefer like a subway system over driving through a cornfield. <laughs> yeah. As someone who never got their license <laughs> because I figured I'd be living in the city for the rest of my life. Spoiler alert, that didn't happen, but I might get back there someday. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a subway person. Um, one quick thing. The Yankees re-signed Rob Brantley to a minor league contract, because those things can happen during the lockout, and that'll give them a left-handed bat and catching depth at AAA. So, all right, it's not totally <laughs> dead for <laughs> baseball. Yeah, um, uh, the hot stove is um, simmering. We, we have the minor league back burner, like, not quite lit yet. They're trying to light that back burner. I need a longer, um, I don't know, anybody got a match around here? <laughs> the, the only thing that worries me is we're not hearing anything about anything. Like, no talks, no anything. And I don't know. Like, it's that's I, I assume some of it's going to pick back up over the like after the holidays. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope that this is just um, because this would have been well, the winter meetings, would they have been over by now or would they still be happening? Uh, the rule five draft happened what yesterday? Yeah, they'd be over. Okay. Yeah. And that's when things would sort of, well, things actually happen sometimes at the winter meetings too. Like you would have, like the Giancarlo Stanton thing happened four years ago. Um, I saw that in my Facebook memories. Um, <laughs> it, all it said was, bring me Giancarlo. <laughs> that's all it said. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And hey, I'm happy with what they did. I think it's great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we're going to go now because, uh, you know, it's uh, it's getting late here. It's Friday night and, you know, we have things to do. Like Abby needs to watch Succession. I need to work out on my Peloton and hopefully what happened to Mr. Big won't happen to me. So yeah, it'll be if people watch Sex in the City, they'll get that reference. Anyway, that is it for this episode of Lockdown Yankees, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Abby and I would like to remind you that you can listen to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can watch and subscribe to us on YouTube. Again, we're very close to 666, so subscribe. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Bets. Make your second listen of the day Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We'd really appreciate it. So enjoy your weekend, and we will talk to you all next week.